Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore Our Geek, episode 145. I'm Andrew. And I'm restarting the apocalypse after five years. Has it been five years? Yeah, yeah. it's been five years. Okay, and I th no, I actually thought it was five years. I actually thought it was six. <laughs> uh, so today we are going to be talking about well, Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, oh, yes. yeah, that's a good point. Let me let me guess which apocalypse. Right, <laughs> we've got to figure now, that one out. Yeah, in this particular case, we were talking about Pacific Rim Uprising, the sequel to 2013's Pacific Rim. Shock. Talking. Oh boy. Uh directed by uh Steven Some guy. Steven DeKnight, written by Guillermo del Toro and starring John Boyega. Yeah. And Clint Eastwood's kid. Starring John Boyega. <laughs> like if you if you want to call it starring. I mean, he's he's the only person in there worth caring about. He's there. I don't know if he's worth caring about, I but mean, he is there. Compared to anyone else? He's, yes. Yes, compared to all of them. He's just kind of there. He's a person. He says lines. He talks. He has hair and a face, but that's about it. I mean, do, do you care about any of the other characters anymore? I mean, at this uh, point... I, 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 care mean, about, I, I care about none of them equally. I mean, at this point, you know, I'm I'm just I'm 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 grading on a curve, but <laughs> it's a huge curve for this. So this movie sucked, right? So I, I will say I don't know. I'm gonna say sucked. I will not. I don't know. I'm gonna go that far. Okay. I went in, I went in expecting to see giant robots punch things, and I watched mm -hmm. giant robots robots punch things. It wasn't. It it's not like a oh that was a really cool movie, but it wasn't like a I just wasted fucking ten dollars and two hours of my life movie either. Well, here's what's really funny. We went to a movie theater nearby, like about 10 minutes from the house, and it, it we went, we were going to go see a, uh, beginning of the day, we went indoor skydiving, which was really the highlight of the day. That was actually a lot of fun. And then I was like, let's go see Pacific Rim. So we walk over to see, actually, we go to like, go to eat first. And we go to the Pacific Rim. So we're going to go see a 110 in a Saturday afternoon show. And the ticket price was 1786 per person. Wow. And I was like, oh, no. No, 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 no. I am not doing. Like, if it's a movie I really want to see, like, uh, okay, maybe. But I was like, there's got to be. So we went, we drove like another 20 minutes north to, to do this one for 850 a piece. And I was like, okay, I can now breathe properly. Yeah, because I, I had a almost full meltdown moment because like I'm looking and it's all this like IMAX, IMAX 3D, Dolby. And I'm like, where's the regular fucking movie? I just want to watch it in regular. And apparently this movie theater doesn't do that. So I made sure I was only spending 850 a pop on those tickets because yeah. that's that's really the limit you should have. I mean, I do I do ten for a non matinee. Sure, I can live with that. I, mean, I can live with that here. That's that's uh, even even in Virginia, that's still a fairly standard price. Matinee is like six fifty. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like ten bucks would be great. You normally, it's, I was expecting thirteen fifty, which is usually what I've been seeing. But I don't know. They must have been putting it in all these kind of gimmicky specialty screening theater things and so the, the price was way jacked the hell up and i just i was like we're going to another theater let's go yeah let's do let's do this absolutely understandable yeah so all right so pacific rim uprising i mean the plot of this one's pretty straightforward it takes place essentially five years after the original film and earth is slowly rebuilding yeah i think it's actually 10 years for the film but it's yeah 10 okay and earth is slowly rebuilding and the, the movie centers around finn from star wars being idris elba's kid 
washed up party animal scrapper or, or thief kid living in a bombed out still continuously or, or still ever bombed out southern california and he and this young girl played by i guess carly how do you say this girl's name spanny spanny newcomer yep uh this girl builds herself her own kind of mini jaeger and they get arrested and since john boyega's character is a pentecost he's re-recruited kind of snake bliskin style back into the into the fold uh paroled into it and then the girl is also paroled into the Jaeger program and they're competing with this drone program that a private contractor, what was it called? The Showa Company? Showa? Shao. Shao. Uh, run by, what's this girl's name? Was it Lily Jin? No, what was her name? Oh, it was... um. Lywin Shao. Tai Jin. Yeah, Tai Jin is the actress's name. Yep. She's the chick from the Great Wall. She's the archer chick from the Great Wall and the... um. The, the lab assistant from Kong Skull Island. Like, the, the one who's, like, assisting the John Goodman character. You remember her? I don't... I remember John Goodman's character. Right. And there was a there was an Asian girl helping him out. Nope. Got, I got nothing. Okay. Okay, well, just... <laughs> You just have to trust me. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I 100%, I absolutely believe that you, that you are telling me the truth and that I have zero recollection of it. You know, that's okay. It's understandable. Um, but anyway, so basically she's going to start a drone program and... Charlie Day played uh, playing Dr. Newton Glazer. Geyser? I can't really quite remember. Geisler. Geisler. Uh, basically the kid, it's the guy from Always Sunny. I can, you out, know, I cannot see him as anything but that character. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Everyone in that show has basically just been that character. Except for Danny like, DeVito. Danny DeVito, I can still see his other things. Yeah, he's always just Danny DeVito. He should have been <laughs> it's Detective true. Pikachu, but he's always just Danny DeVito. Uh, and basically it turns out that his brain has been taken over by a portion of a Jaeger, of, 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 of a, a kaiju brain from the first movie that I had forgotten had happened yep. and had been reminded of it and still don't have any recollection of it, much like Andrew doesn't remember the, the Asian girl from Kong Skull Island. And it turns out that this is a giant elaborate uh, setup to bring the kaijus back into the earth till we finally realize what they're trying to do is ignite mount fuji so we get some classic tokyo stomping at the end of the film and that's that's basically it in a nutshell yeah um you know yeah i don't i don't know where to begin with this movie because to me i was like really just scratching my head so, so like i said i walked in with wanting to see robots punch things and i got that it it it, it was funny because like it started off attempting some some degree of character development mm -hmm. like it was like oh we're gonna you know we're gonna have this this character played by John Boyega, who, like, is this party animal that we're going to bring him back in to the fold. And then, like, 15 minutes in, we just abandoned all all uh, attempts at that and just said, fuck it, we're going to punch things. Yeah, and, and like, I guess... like, there is the barest thread of a plot. Like, I... I, right. That, I have to. I have to give. Just, I have they, to give the they, the first movie credit because it like attempted to have not necessarily like plot depth, but like it lived in a world. Yes. Like there's it, at least it, some world building here. Yeah, it made its own little world and it lived in it. This is like skating across the ice, like frozen on top of that world. Like it's just the the thinnest, barest little bit of that. And they basically farted and said, "Here's a plot." And that's about the best you get. Yeah, and not even like not even hey, like a I good not even like a good solid fart. Like no, it's like a there it is. Yeah, like not it's even like right not there. even like room clearing. Like this was this was silent and not deadly. And it's like oh, what was that? Was that a plot? No, I don't think so. I can't really tell. Like nah, that probably wasn't it. I, I just was blown away by how for me I'm watching the movie going okay, when's stuff gonna happen? Like there's just a lot to me. The the whole sequence felt really confused. Like when the 
the Jumbo Yoga sister character, oh, what was that? Um, Marshall, no, not, not. Yeah, Marshall Kwan. Uh, Mori, not Marshall Kwan, uh, Mori. Grand, Grand Chancellor Mori or whatever they were um, calling her. Like, she gets killed in the first 15 minutes, 20 minutes of the movie by the, the rogue Jaeger. And I just remember just not, just the whole sequence, all these characters I just couldn't care about because I didn't have any idea what the heck was supposed to be happening in this movie. And you really don't find out what's going on until basically the climax of the film. Right. And that's really, it's like, like the, the, the climax of the film is basically the whole story. And it's like, oh, we're done after this. Not just, oh, okay. Not just that. Like they, th there were some like threads they started down and then just never finished out. Like why the fuck did they go to Russia in the first, like you never, like they went to Russia. Right. The whole Siberia thing was weird. Right. They went there and you know, the fight was cool, but, like they, there was never any like conclusion to that that never that part never added anything to the plot other than robot fight you know, and here's the thing you know what I was parts actually... of it reminded me of what it reminded me of of valerian oh you know what it's interesting i thought you were going to go with um uh x-men apocalypse where they just drag us to see wolverine in the snow and then we just come back to the main plot no 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 this my 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 mind on this was just like valerian there were a bunch of like plot threads they started working with and then they dropped a bunch of those and grabbed another handful and ran with it yeah I... and, and it really kind of feels like that's what they were doing here but i'll say this much at least with valerian you you kind of knew what the the story was from the beginning. Like th this this terrible thing happens to this planet, and you got to figure out why. Right. For most of this movie, you're going, what? So what's happening? We we don't like the drones, and there's a rogue Jaeger. Like I thought the whole thing of like we're gonna watch him. At first, I thought like well, this is a movie about punching kaiju because I was I want to see kaiju, and then after a while, I'm I'm watching the movie. Go where the heck are the monsters? Right. And we're we're just spending a lot of time on these rogue Jaegers. So I was like felt. I don't know, 40 minutes into the movie, I'm like, okay, so the new Scourge are rogue Jaegers? And then it turns out, oh, no, it's 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 the kid from Always Sunny's that got his brain taken over by a kaiju butt brain, and uh, he's going to bring the monsters back. And and now we find out that they're going after Mount Fuji because they will throw themselves into Mount Fuji and explode and then kill the whole world. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean yeah, plot was... Plot was rough, <laughs> if we're gonna call it that. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I like John Boyega. I didn't mind him on on screen. There wasn't a whole lot. You're right. There was not not a whole lot going on there. No, there really wasn't. Um, I couldn't stand him. I was like, this guy, this character is so unlikable, and he's unlikable as this person. And then Scott Eastwood comes in, and they're like, Scott Eastwood is just there to play a cardboard cutout. Okay, he did pretty good as a cardboard cutout, but that was boring. And then you had this whole subplot of these cadets that we have such a hard time caring about. I just kept thinking of like, oh, this is like the training sequences from Starship Troopers, but boring. That or I was going to say it was like um, the training sequences from Kingsman. But that could be, yeah. But I cared about or, the I cared about the cadets a lot less. Or how about the training sequence from every movie that's been made before this one? Because there's nothing really to bite into here. Yeah. Um. Not, the one thing I will say is, is, you know, in the first like three minutes of the movie, I had a lot of hope for John Boyega's character because he wakes up from a bender on a in a pool on a jet ski with a really good looking woman like laying on top of him. Right. And then, I like, thought there was yeah, a lot of potential out. there, and then it was like, all right, now we're gonna do something different. And I was like, God damn it. And they kind of like zoom out and and it's like there's a kaiju skeleton 
that's laying on half of the mansion. I kinda, like, oh, okay, this could be. Yeah, I kind of like that, where where it's like the concept of like, hey, this, we have this like half abandoned mansion that we're just gonna party at and squat like, in. Yeah, not give a shit. And I'm like, I can get behind this, and yeah, that's they, that's not what we got. That's not what we got. No, I, I was just like, where is this? How many writers does this movie have? Like seventeen? It just feels like it feels like no one really knew where they were going. Uh, five writing credits. Four, five. Yeah. Jeez, that's always a bad sign. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to me, it was it was one of these. It's amazing because we talk about how there was no character development really at all in this, but then you're trying to wonder what was the movie spending most of its real estate on, and then it was like, oh, they tried character development, but it kind of sucked because you had like a litany of these heart to heart speeches that the characters were giving each other, and they were they felt so canned and so cliched. You just wanted them to end as fast as possible, like when John Boyega and Scott Eastwood are having like beer and ice cream in the in the mess deck and you're like what is this and then john boyega and and carly uh spaney are having their heart to hearts when they're trying to link up and then they have another one when they try and uh, i guess uh, he he goes to her in the brig after she goes into the broken jaeger the the rogue jaeger by the way were the were the jaeger names stupid to you because i was like these are dumb names i mean kind of but they, they they just fit they fit with the other jaeger names from the previous film yeah they definitely did that but it was like let's just take a color and then a random random object and that's the name of the of the jaeger it was like oh this is crimson omega and that's saber athena and this is gypsy something it was just a blue november it was like these are just weird names yeah i mean i just kind of accept that it's like all right that's part of that's yeah, part. you had to. You just kind of had to, but it was just. I mean, the like, the, you know, okay. the, the Jaeger from the first film was Gypsy Danger. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Right. I mean, that was Gypsy like Event. Gypsy Avenger at least sounds like more badass than Gypsy Danger. Yeah, that's it's so weird. It's like, all right, <laughs> verb and unrelated noun. Let's just throw those two together. Also, I feel like like Gypsy is you know isn't that like a derogatory term now? Is, I think isn't isn't that it, where we've moved to? I think it. Well, here's the thing. I think it happened in between the release of <laughs> of the first and second film is when it happened. So maybe I'll give him a pass. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I just it was really it was really hard for me to latch on to the film because I was like I'm trying to I was again I was waiting for like okay when is stuff gonna happen and then you just had characters that were thrown in there that were just kind of cartoony like the the hot latina chick who you're not sure why she was there yeah like maybe they filmed more scenes with her and they were going to try and create a love triangle with her john boyega and scott eastwood a love triangle or a three-way yeah it looked like that was where it was going for either either of those i think would have been acceptable options but what we got was kind of disappointing and you never know what she does i didn't know did she do we find that out was she a mechanic was she a pilot was she a was she the stewardess like what was she why was she no data absolutely no data was she here what was she doing here and then you have um, the uh, the actor, what's his name, Burn Gorman, who I believe has made an entire career on just being really creepy looking. See, I think he was actually possibly, now that I think about it, the most enjoyable part of that film. And and also possibly the most enjoyable part of the first one. Probably. You might be right. Because he was just so odd, it really entertained me. And, and it also felt like he was the only guy trying to get something done. Like, he was the only character that was productive the entire movie. Yeah, I also kind of like him from... Um... Uh, turn. Turn. It's the sh- the show about George Washington spying. Oh, okay. I haven't watched that. I have not seen the entire show, but what I've seen, I he's in it, and I en- I enjoy him in it. Okay, I'll have to look that up. I'll look that up. I I I remember him. I know he's in Crimson Peak. 
but much like uh, the 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 other actress, I don't remember him in Crimson Peak. Yeah. I don't know what he did. Um, oh, that's right. He was in he was in Game of Thrones for a little while. What was he in Game of Thrones? I don't remember that character at all. Carl Tanner looked like from the first couple seasons. Yeah. I just, I've got nothing there. No, no, he was in The Dark Knight Rises as Striver. I'm looking at his credits right now. He's got one of those things. He's got the face where you know the face. But you're like, oh, I know that guy's face. What were you in? Right. <laughs> it's like, that, that's his face. Other than Pacific Rim. And I'll probably forget. Oh, here's the thing. I forgot he was in the first film until I saw him in this one. I was like, oh, that's right. He was in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we making this one again? Oh, I th in um in Dark Knight Rises, wasn't he the guy who was like attempting to control Bane? Oh, I thought that was that other dude. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I don't even remember Dark Knight Rises very well. That movie came out a couple years ago. Yeah, it was like 2011. I'd have to rewatch it. Ah, uh, yeah, I I just had a rough time with this one, and I, I'm sitting there going, yeah, I don't know if this is really a, a movie for an American audience because you you watch like the the heavy um Mandarin influence on it. Like, there's just characters speaking Mandarin. There's a bunch of of you know Mandarin. Chinese character uh, actors in it, and you're oh, like, yeah. okay, this is this is something they really because again, like you said before, that this movie did so well overseas that you know really this is like we're gonna release this in America, it'll do okay, but really we're gonna try and make our money in uh, in China. It just felt like a movie on autopilot. It just felt. Despite, like, all the special effects, there was something that felt cheap about it. I think it was partly the cast. Because you're like, this is just a B-level cast. This is like an ultimate $150 million B-movie right now. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who... B-movie shouldn't be that expensive. I'm trying to remember who was even in the original film. The dude from uh, Sons of Anarchy and Idris Elba. Well, no, Idris Elba. I mean, like, I couldn't remember the other guy. Yeah, I mean... He was he was King Arthur. He was he was the latest King Arthur in the Guy Ritchie one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't draw a blank on the name, but anyways, like... I don't remember his name either hold on let me just take a quick look at it because like he's got one charlie, of those faces. charlie hunam that's it yeah um yeah but it, I mean, it also had ron perlman idris elba yeah no you're this is certainly not the the cast that, that the last one had it's also worth noting it's a 40 million dollar budget cut between the two mm, that is worth noting it was a the original pacific room was 190 million this one's 150 now that could be to pacific mm -hmm. room that could be to uprising's benefit could be i hope so especially but... in the foreign market i mean yes just based on the domestic and the foreign box office so far they're at least at they've at least broken even with their budget on gross now obviously you need to approximately double your budget in order to mm -hmm. to actually net a profit but mm -hmm. you know for a couple of weekend you know if you they get probably maybe 70 million here in the states mm -hmm. you know the, the first one got 101 million in, in the u.s i don't think it's going to get that much no i don't think so either. um yeah because it's, it's about nine million a nine million dollar smaller opening weekend it's just one of those things where you look at it, and this is where maybe a, a major actor would probably be really be helpful, is because you go and you're watching it. I remember watching it, going, "Who's supposed to be carrying this movie? Is it supposed to be Boyega? I think or is so. It, is it? Yeah, I was just, I was like, is it supposed to be him? Because I, I get that he's in Star Wars, but even in Star Wars, he really feels like a second banana character in Star Wars, and in this one, he's trying to be sort of a leading man it was just a really weird way they they set the whole dynamic up with the characters and the fact that to me at least this movie probably would have been would have benefited just more robot punching just skip the attempts at character development and just do do, do more monster fights and the, and the fact that the monsters don't show up until the last 30 minutes of the movie and it's just one continuous long giant action sequence Right. You know, it was like, okay, yeah, maybe we needed more of that because that was the only time in the movie where I was like, oh, okay, 
I enjoyed this part. Yeah, this was kind of fun. We just smashing Tokyo because that feels like that's what we're supposed to do. And I'm certain Chinese audiences are going to love that. Just blow up a major Japanese city. Yeah, let's do it. Right. But before that, I was like, dude, I don't know what, what we're watching. Like the whole sequence with the, where the cadets, what the heck were they doing with these cadets? The whole sequence where the cadets go into the, into the Jaeger and they're like, you're not supposed to be in there. And one of them gets hurt, and she gets thrown in jail. The 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 Nemani character of played by Carly um, Spani gets thrown in jail, and you're like, where? Like you said, like where are we going with this? Why is this important? What is this supposed to show us? The, the only one on that one was that 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 was how they started looking into the Shao Corporation. Right. But what's so funny about that is by the time they realize something's up with the Shao Corporation, they're getting shot at. Right. They they're never able to preempt it. It's like. Ooh, something's a little weird. Oh, they're going to try and solve this one. And the whole time you're, you're they're, they're trying to lead you to believe it's the the Ice Queen CEO of the Shao Corporation and then right. she they turn her into kind of this sympathetic somehow she gets a hold of the girl's uh, scrap heap Jaeger and helps them. Like and you're like why was she doing that? What? Like she's like Ice Queen has been spending all her life's work are these drones and she like what as a hobby steals a little girl's Jaeger and improves upon it? What? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing there? Yeah, that was a little weird. I, the, so so I had to run and I had to run and pee like right about that point. So I just oh, okay. Like I was out of the theater for three minutes and and uh, I just accepted that I missed things. Yeah, truth uh, is you didn't. It was yeah. Just I was a like apparently question. apparently I didn't and and it was just still, still didn't make just any as sense. confusing. <sighs> You think we're going to get another one of these? I mean, they set it up for another one. Oh, they God, like, did they set it up. Like, they set up. And like, do you remember? In, Independence Day yes, set up. Yes, I to say. That do is exactly the, the, the one I thought of. <laughs> do you remember that set up at the end of Independence Day um, Resurrect? What was it? Resurrection? Well, I don't know. What was the last? Independence Day. We Independence, Independence Day. We wrecked the Earth. Yeah, Independence Day. Stupid subtitle here. Yep. And with, with you know Brett Spiner going, we are gonna go kick some alien butt, and the audiences were like, not if we have anything to say about it, <laughs> and just walked away. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it'll be kind of cool. I wonder if we'll get John Boyega back. I bet. I bet you we will. I, I imagine he's not. I don't know if this actor is gonna be in particularly high demand come five years after post Star Wars. I don't know about that. I don't know either. I'm I'm just saying it's unlikely. I to me I'm like I'm if if you're if you're betting against him I think you're 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 more than likely than not to to be on the right side of that bet. We'll see. I mean, he could surprise me, but I'm not seeing it right now. Yeah, I, I think you're underestimating him there. Maybe we'll see. Well, I will. We'll have to wait and see. But I can't. Yeah, the rest of the cat. I just what the whole cadet thing. Okay, so one of the, like they kill one cadet in the battle sequence, and you're like, did you care? Were you like me going, oh that guy died. Oh no, not him. We forgot his name, but we sort of liked him. His dad was a surgeon. Yeah, I didn't really care. <laughs> but I was like, why that one guy? <laughs> they just killed him. It was just him. Why him? Everyone else is fine. There are no stakes. Yeah. And they died stupidly too. It was like, oh, don't do that. You're gonna get hurt. Oh, yeah, you, you got hurt. Yep. I yeah. don't. I don't know what more you could say about this movie. It was just. It was just kind of like a one one cliche machine after the other, but just not not done well. Yeah. There is a there's a sense of humor in that. You're watching this and you just go, oh, this is. Oh, come on, we're doing this. Where are the? Uh, that's my only really big complaint is where are the monsters? Because at least in Pacific Rim, the first one, we just like we just got right to the monsters. Right. Like we got and, and we just we went right to the monsters. And then the whole sequence with that character from the the oh, crap. What was that character's name? I don't remember. 
remember the character's name from the first one. Uh, Beckett. Like the whole idea is that it's Beckett trying to get himself together, and he he puts himself back together in time, you know, to help Idris Elba save the world, all that kind of stuff. And in this one, you're like, I guess it's Pentecost who's supposed to be the the guy who's supposed to get it together, but he kind of always had it. To, you never like, there's never an arc with him. Like, and they split their time between him and Namani. And and again, you're right. You go back to it, it's like it just doesn't it just doesn't develop. It's like you're you're spending all this you're having all these false starts on every scene of the movie and then finally when the climax happens we get to the big monster fight it's like nah we got it just throw the cadets in there we'll figure it out yeah i will say having the jaeger go into orbit and hit the giant the giant kaiju at the end was kind of cool that was at least moderately satisfying that was i was like oh that's kind of neat i would have preferred like a big slow-mo sequence where you could see the jaeger like go through it and the monster like slowly you know what i'm talking about like a real just kind of something like that instead of the kind of big flashbang we got and the monster like gets back up it's like raw and then it falls down oh it did split in half okay cool that would have been i think a little more a bit more satisfying i don't know that well i don't know what more you can say about this kind of movie this is definitely a wait for it to stream type movie yeah i can see that i mean if you're into big big monsters and big kaiju it is it is marginally satisfying i mean the monsters did look freaking cool when the monsters showed up it was fun to watch i'll say that much i don't know how i felt about the the robot on robot fights did you like those there's only really one of them yeah it was okay but it wasn't like there's there's two there's the sydney sequence and the siberian sequence that didn't make sense yeah i want to say in the end neither of them really made sense no they they didn't it's true like not not in the not in the bigger context of the film um yeah yeah I mean, yeah, in, the, in the bigger context of the film, neither of them really made sense. It was okay. You know, they were, like, super closely matched. So, like, you know, I wasn't really impressed by it. It was like, hey, we've got one sword, so he's had, he, this guy's got two. Right. But what was really funny is you sit there and you watch and go, hey, who built this thing? Like, because the whole thing is you're supposed to be like, oh, maybe that Siberian facility built it. But you're like, that's a, a, a huge undertaking to right. make something like that. And it went totally unnoticed by everyone at Shao Industries because you're led to believe Shao Industries built it. So, so I guess Charlie Day built this thing under everyone's nose. I like how there's a law in the movie against operating a rogue Jaeger. Like, that's happened enough that they got to write a law about it. Right. I actually would have liked to have seen more. I think it would be kind of cool if, like, at the end of the movie, all the rogue Jaegers start to show up and, like, help out. That'd be kind of cool. I'd be kind of into that instead of, like, the drones break everything except our four heroes. Right. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of missed opportunities. I, I have a feeling this was a script they had a real hard time writing. That's distinctly possible. I mean, there wasn't a total loss for me. I actually got to see Tomb Raider right after this. Oh, there you go. I enjoyed it. I thought Tomb Raider was great. I love Alicia Vikander. I think she's fantastic. Well, okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what more you could say about it. We could spend time making fun of it, but yeah, I would rather just talk about Tomb Raider. It was a video game movie that didn't completely suck. There are very few of those. There are really few of those, although I do feel bad because I don't think Tomb Raider is going to do particularly well at the box office. It's already at number five this weekend. Right. I mean, Pacific Rim Uprising came in at number one, 28 million. Tomb Raider came in last week, I think, was the number two spot behind Black Panther. And now is down almost 55 percent from that from that past weekend to 10.4 million for a total gross of 41 million on a 94 million dollar budget. And I kind of feel I kind of feel bad, but I'm not entirely surprised. But what just does surprise me is this movie was was fairly decent for a video game movie because most video game movies you're watching them and you're going what the hell am i watching none of this makes sense why are they doing that in this one look there were some plot holes but the characters were were likable enough 
and Alicia Vikander was was good enough, and Walter Goggins is in it, and you're like, oh, okay, this this is kind of fun for a video game movie. This is all right. And I just feel bad because I would like I I've never played. Have you ever played the Tomb Raider games? Uh, a little bit. I've never played them, but like it's clear to me that 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 character the, the Lara Croft character no one doesn't appear that anyone's really behind that character in, in the mainstream like it's got a a hell of a cult following in video game in the video game circles but just the the major the mainstream audiences just don't seem to be behind you know this kind of action star well, or this kind of action character well i think there's a couple of reasons for that probably i mean one i think you know you gotta look at the original video game portrayals like like look at the character from the you know from the video game it's like you know a 13 year old's wet dream yeah it's pretty awesome isn't it and then you know you have the angelina jolie films which are bad I've never seen those. Have you? I saw the. F I have. I think I still own the first one. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, but yeah. Um, funny story about the the Tomb Raider about like why she's so big chested mm -hmm. is I guess the programmer was trying to adjust her bust size by fifty percent, like so a little bit bigger. Right. And inadvertently typed in a hundred and fifty percent. Oh God. And by the time he had realized his mistake, they'd already like approved the visual, mm -hmm. and because enough people approved it, they wouldn't. They couldn't back out of. It. yeah i was like that's... no one wanted to admit they were wrong basically i was like that's that's a really entertaining story behind that oh i liked it yeah i mean in, in alicia vikander the actual actress who plays laura croft does not have the bus size to to match the character but it works fine like, well the character she's... they also in the reboot of the game they've changed the character such that that's not really a thing anymore no, I actually remember the year when they got the new model. I thought the new model looked great. And I, and I think Alicia looks about the same as you would expect her to. Even though I yeah. haven't played the game, I've, I've seen like clips of it, and I've, I remember seeing it promoted. I, I thought she looked great as Lara Croft, and I thought the, the character was the character itself in the movie worked really well. It was like, oh, this is not a super character. This is not a ultra smart Harvard educated mixed martial arts. Um, expert marksman type character. She's like all the things she's good at life in is she. She's very much more in the Indiana Jones model of like an average person doing extraordinary things. Like she can fight. We know she trains at an MMA gym. We see that early on. We see her get her butt whooped in the ring, and you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then she's like a, a bicycle courier as a day job, and she's getting hit by cars. And you know, she she doesn't handle a gun in this movie. She uses her bow and arrow, but you see her practicing archery with her with her dad in flashback sequences. So like everything kind of made sense. And what I really appreciated, and you tell me if they I, if this is different from the first Lara Croft films, is they dumped the supernatural elements entirely from this film. At least for the character, like, was there... there was no supernatural mm -hmm. element to it. But what about the stuff she was trying to uncover and find? Because you know how like Indiana Jones and all the, the you know, Indy wasn't supernatural himself, but he was dealing with supernatural themes like the Ark of the Covenant, Holy Grail, and then magic stones. You know, I don't, I don't remember. It's been so long since I've watched it. I don't think so. At least the first one. Mm -hmm. But I could be wrong on that. Yeah. What I like, what I appreciate about it is the whole premise is that there's this Japanese empress that's been buried in some tomb in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. And the whole idea that the belief yep. is that she's some sort of supernatural death god reincarnate. 
And what's amazing is when they get to her and you're like, all right, here comes the big um, Raiders of the Lost Ark moment where they're going to open the casket and everyone's face is going to melt. That that did happen, but they they made it work by basically instead of the character being super the 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 person they're trying to find that the tomb of this Japanese empress being actually supernatural, it turns out it was just a highly potent virus. So it was much more of like a Scooby-Doo type ending. It was like, not really supernatural. It's a virus. Oh, it's turning you into, you know, the 28 day later monster. Okay. That's kind of crazy. But once you get past that, it's, I don't know, better than most of the supernatural gobbledygook you get from a lot of those movies. Right. Which I, again, I appreciated that one. Now, does it appear that most, the general public is, doesn't look like it, which is unfortunate. What is it? What is the Rotten Tomato score for this one? For I want to see what the critics thought of it. Yeah. Oh, it's fifty percent. That's not terrible. It's not. Yeah, it's not great. But it's not. It's not. It's not awful. Audiences seem to. Let's see. What's the consensus? Tomb Raider reboots the franchise with a more grounded approach to a star and a star who's clearly more than up to the task. Neither of which are well served by an uninspired original story. Eh. I mean, yeah. The, the plot is super, super, super basic. Well, and it's also again, it's based off of the reboot video game. Right. I understand. I should have give that one a try, but yeah, I, I don't know. I would, I would, bef- at this stage in the game, if you haven't seen any, if you're going to plan on seeing anything, I would actually recommend Tomb Raider before I would recommend uh, Pacific Rim or, or, or if you really want, just wait to see Ready Player One at the end of the month, which I am looking forward to. Yeah. I am, I am chugging away through the audiobook right now. Are you actually enjoying it? Um, yes. As it's gearing up, you know, he's doing a little bit of the world building. Yeah. There is a fair and, amount of that in the beginning of that book. And I'm like, okay. And then. So here's what's interesting, and I'm not trying to hold this against the film. There's various forms of kind of dystopic future um, kind of archetypes of these worlds. And one of them is usually uh, the dystopian future is because of something the government did. So that's like your 1984s, your Brave New Worlds, is that the people in charge created the dystopia. There's also these form of dystopias where like what happened is growth did it. So your Elysiums, and in this case, this is one of those, oh, economic growth caused this. You know, because there's all these these references to um, climate change energy crisis, overpopulation, famine, right. brush fire wars over and over and over again. Um, and that's just, I've always found the, hey, the government did this type dystopia a little more believable than uh, growth did this type dystopia, but I'm not holding it against the, the book too much. It's just like, okay, that's the world he's setting up. Um, now I'm, I'm into the part of the book where we're starting to really explore the oasis, and I'm finding that a little bit more interesting. Okay. You, you kind of had to suffer through the first chapter. Of, of, it was kind of like a um, angsty teenage ranting and ravings. Do you remember that? Like the first chapter. Yeah. He was like, uh, I was like, okay, let's just let, we'll get through this, and then we'll actually get to the the searching for the Easter egg. We haven't gotten to that yet. Right now, he's still like a level three noob Gunter who's um, hasn't cracked the code just yet. So I'm, I'm actually waiting for that to happen and seeing where it takes us. I've met some of the extra characters like um, H. We've met H. Yep. And we've met, and he's talked about the um, the girl. What's her name? It starts with an A. Artemis. Uh, Artemis. And then that, that Rock One or Rock, whatever, the, the, the kind of bully character that he doesn't like. Right. Uh, I don't remember that character's name. I just, I just listened. So, so far, so good. I'm, I'm actually really, and I'm, so I'm surprising I can actually like pick up on more of the references than I expected, which was worrying me. That was the one thing that was like so referential and so 80s. I didn't think I could keep up with it, but you know, I'm, I guess I'm realizing I know a little bit more about the 80s than even I gave myself credit for. Yeah, and, and I mean, which is sort of disappointing. There are some like deep dive, deeper dives coming further, but he also does tend mm-hmm. to go with like the big stuff. Yeah. Well, like the Atari references, I was like. 
like, okay, I'm going to have to take your word for it. <laughs> like, when he goes into, like, the Atari games that came out and, you know, the unofficial trilogies and all the uh, contests, I was like, okay, that's cool. I didn't know yeah. that. I think that's right. I'm sure that's right. I'm, I bet you he did his research. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, for fuck's, when, sake, for fuck's sake, the man drives the DeLorean. Right. And then, and then, but when they do like references to like crawl and references to uh, Fantastic Voyage, I'm like, oh, I get that. Yeah, I got that one. So I, 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 that was actually one of my worries going into the book. And now that I'm realizing it's not that insane, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll enjoy this a little. Bit. I'll, I'll enjoy this more than I expected to. What do you, what are you thinking of Will Wheaton's performance? Because I remember like when it first came out, like I, yeah. I actually just read it and then I recently listened to the audiobook. But I remember several friends of mine saying how much they really liked um how much they really like will wheaton's performance and i was like eh i think it's okay yeah but i wasn't uh, i'm not impressed by it i'm just it's not bad no i wouldn't i wouldn't no it's not certainly not bad believe me i've listened to a couple audiobooks that were awful yeah and 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 it was really tough i think i think his is pretty good because he does try and do a little bit of voice work to differentiate the characters which i always appreciate yes um however he's not consistent in it so sometimes i do lose track of who's speaking so that that occurred when uh, recently though i just got to the part where um wade and h are in the kind of chat room and they're going back and forth about lady hawk yep and and it was it was a little difficult to differentiate at points who was speaking to who uh and that would be my only kind of knock on him other than that i actually am kind of surprised he does have a pretty good reading voice okay i imagine that kind of stuff is not easy to do i would also imagine that yeah. Do you ever listen to like? Have you ever listened to an audiobook where it's like a fictional audiobook, but the, instead of just one reader, it's multiple people doing different characters? Yes, I've done. I've listened to a couple of those. I I, I haven't listened to one. I but I those are the kind I'm I'm looking for. I'd like to check those out because I think those would be really cool. Yeah, I have a cast production of um, Dracula that I've gotten a little bit into, mm. and I have oh, that should be nice. And then Battlefield Earth. They've oh, done. no, that that would be fun. How yeah. long is the audiobook for audio, Battlefield Earth? Like 34 hours? Uh, it's something ridiculous, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, I've listened to a couple of really long books, but... Yeah. What, what, what... I would love... if Is there a Lord of the Rings one that has a cast? Because I would love to do that one. I don't know if they have, there's a cast recording. I know they have Lord of the Rings on there. I was actually hoping they would have the, the Silmarillion on there, and oh, they, God, yeah. they don't. They have it in German. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, I had that moment of like, why the fuck do they have it in German and not English? But... And, any okay. rate they have yeah, it i would love they have to it on their cast of, of lord of the rings they have it in german but uh a bunch of years back when i got on a kick of like going to the gym like all the fucking time yeah um i can't remember if it was before. i think it was when you first actually moved in with me uh, yeah i was going like every night at like one in the morning because i was working night sh i was working night shift and i got most of the way through the two towers because the first half of the two towers is great because you're you know mm -hmm. you're you're, you're it's it's aragorn it's uh the dwarf and the elf i'm drawing blanks here Legolas and Gimli, Gimli. Yeah. and and they're running, so I'm running with them. Yeah, oh, and that, that was that cool. was great. And then I got to the Ents, and I wanted to throw myself off of the fucking elliptical because the Ents oh, start really? talking. Okay. The Ents talk super slow. Oh yeah. So like that's right. so like you know when I, when when I'm in this chase and I'm running with them, I'm like yeah 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 this is great. And so like an hour on the elliptical went by like nothing. I hit the Ents and I wanted to kill myself. Oh, I can. He almost like fell off the elliptical. It's like <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just it just ground me to a halt. It was it was bad. Mm. And it's funny because in the movie, the Ents are my favorite part. I, I love mean, the Ents. The Ents are interesting because the Ents had a lot of interesting things to say. But yeah. when you're trying to run to this, 
Uh uh-uh, uh. No. No no, no. 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 You can only imagine that being that being a little rough. Yeah, that was. No. Awful. See, the way what I do is I just put on STO or I got Mortal Kombat 10 for like 10 bucks on a on a Steam sale. Yep. And uh, I just turn the the volume off and listen to it as I'm playing. I think that's been a great way of both being totally unproductive and productive at the same time. Yeah. No, I do that. I um I just finished a couple of Star Wars audiobooks that way. There you go. So which, which is entertaining because I'm listening to Star Wars audiobooks while watching while playing Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> Ultra nerding it out. Yeah. Um, all right. So, what else have you been into? Oh, that's really about it. Um, like I said, I went indoor skydiving on Saturday. That was actually a lot of fun. Uh, the girl banged her elbow against the glass, and she's still feeling it. Ow. Uh, oh yeah. Um, it's fun. You come out there uh, a little sore because you're trying to keep your body stiff to maintain stability. Yep. So when you come out, you've been stiff for. We took like two two-minute flights. So you come out and you're super like tight, and then you gotta like loosen up, and you feel like a like a a rubber band that's been pulled really tight and then you just been slowly coming back and wobbly it's really something nice but it is fun you, you jump in this you, you're in this tunnel not really tunnel. It's this vertical tube and you're getting hit with wind that's between 30 about 35 miles an hour and then and then when you want to do the high flight they crank it up to about 40 45 miles an hour and you go about 20 feet up in the air nice and you float around in there and then everyone did their whole little thing it was a, it was just the girl and i and like this family of like seven and it was like a young family uh, young kids in this family. And then this one little Asian girl who was just there by herself with her mom. And the mom sat in the in the area and watched it happen and she just went on her little things. I thought that was actually really cool. Nice. She wasn't with any friends, no brothers, no sisters, just her. She's like, I just, she just wanted, and she had done it before. Because when they asked like, who's done this before? And she, her hand was up and she, she knew what she was doing. It was actually kind of fun to watch. Uh, she must have been 11, 12, but she was fairly young. I, I, it's one of those things you look at and go, how do you get yourself into this? Right. But it's a thing out here. Uh, the skydiving is, is fairly, this kind of outdoors extreme sports is fairly popular here. I was teaching a friend of the program, Chris's wife, to drive. And one of the days we were doing it because we were doing highway driving on that day. Uh, I'm watching like parachuters come down in their neighborhood because apparently they've got an airfield where people do skydiving nearby. Which I, so it's, I would it's actually, a thing. I would actually say that you know, highway driving in Southern California is in and of itself an extreme sport. <laughs> it can be, it definitely can be. But she's doing, she's doing much, much better. It's just oh, she's got to sure. learn how to, she's got to learn how to accelerate and merge properly, and then we'll, we'll be fine. Um, yeah. Other than that, yeah. Nope, that's it. Just getting into Ready Player One and rereading Down and Out in London and Paris and then just completely giving up on the Fifty Shades series. Like, I tried it. I just wanted to see what it was about. Yeah. And I'm done. Don't need to go any further. It's, it's the ultimate girl, girl, boy meets girl, boy has problems, girl fixes boy's problems. That's really what it is. Yeah. And uh, after a while, you're just like, this is... I don't know how many chapters of a couple arguing you can listen to before putting your head through a wall. Because it's all the books are, really. It's just, it's, it, the majority of the book is them arguing with each other. Yep. And you're like, well, this is not a healthy relationship. I think these two should just, I should just stop reading the book. That's what I should do. These, they're not real. I'm just going to stop. This is, this is Twilight fan fiction. Just click, 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 yep. click, click, click. And, that, and that's really been about it. I'm looking forward to next week's Ready Player One. That's, I really want a Spielberg movie to be good. Yep. I really want this one to be good. The new trailer was in front. Did you see the new trailer? No. The new Ready Player One trailer? It was It was in front of our showing of uh, of Pacific Rim, I think. Or might have been in front of Tomb Raider. I'm not, not sure. And I'm like, oh, I really hope this will be good. I don't know why the Iron Giant is in it, because it's not 80s, but I'm okay with seeing him again. Yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll kind of see that like not everything is, is 80s. 
it's just like the 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 plot in the egg hunting is 80 centric but mm-hmm. like right there's some other there's other references and stuff based on just the oasis itself yeah because the, the oasis is just so expansive you, know, yep. I mean, you had the firefly universe and the star wars universe and the star trek universe and the wow universe i was like oh this is kind of cool this will be fun yeah so yeah that's really about it how about you um aside from what we've talked about really i think the only extra stuff i've got going on is i finally got back into uh like just reading some random comics in the bathroom <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not that people nearly need to know what I do in the bathroom, but yeah. but like you know, it's just a few minutes that I can you know read like an issue at a shot. So I just get a couple of trades and you know go through them. I went like over the course of a like, significant amount of time. I went over. I went through like I had gone through like a hundred and hundred and twenty issues of Spawn that way. So I'm just kind of getting back into that. Woo! So all right, folks. If you like what we do, make sure you head over to thereforegeek.com. You check out our blog posts and our podcasts. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can find this podcast and other podcasts like it on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. So once again, I'm Andrew. I'm the dude. And you've been listening to Therefore a Geek.